Crossover Thursday here in the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On Steelers meets Locked On Texans. Chris Carter, John Hitman, come at you. C.J. Stroud, is he in trouble with the Steelers pass rush with a lot of hurt offensive linemen? We'll talk about that in a lot more of this key matchup that's coming on Sunday. It's Crossover Thursday in the Locked On Podcast Network. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your hosts from Locked On Steelers, Chris Carter, and from Locked On Texans, John Hickman. We're breaking down this big 1 p.m. Sunday matchup. Finally, we get an afternoon game here in Pittsburgh. I'm tired of these night games. But, um, <laughs> yeah, man, you got to stay up late. You know what it is, John. Man, I want to be able yeah, to run it. Yeah, man, it's, it's tough. It's and then, tough. like, record my show and then have a whole evening to relax. I ain't had that for a bit. But it's going to be a big week. These are two teams coming off of wins where their young quarterbacks threw two touchdown passes in their games. It's going to be a big talking point, those guys. We got a lot of other talking points. But first, before we get into any of those talking points, we got to talk about our sponsor, and that's Prize Picks. This crossover Thursday episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Now, John. Everybody is excited about these two guys. In Pittsburgh, there has been a lot of debate for the past several years, even before Ben Roethlisberger retired, who was going to be the guy. And some people thought maybe it should have been C.J. Stroud. Maybe wait wait on it. There were some people that thought, wait on Kenny Pickett. When C.J. Stroud comes about, trade up and go get that guy. They, they, they didn't do that. They went and got Kenny Pickett. The Texans end up with C.J. Stroud, and that has been a that, that has been a big talking point. Both young quarterbacks have kind of inspired their fan bases in different ways, but I think one of the big things that the Texans are talking about this week, and we talked about it before we went on the air, is protecting C.J. Stroud this week because there are some major injuries, and you got a lot of updates to go through here. Yeah, yeah. First and foremost, can I just say that intro beat kind of reminded me of the blog era, Big Crit, or maybe some uh, <laughs> currency. So that's why you saw me kind of, you know, nogging my head right there. But, uh, yeah, for Houston, I do think – C.J. Stroud is in trouble a little bit, and that is the biggest storyline for this franchise right now. Another offensive line went down. So now you look at the list. Scott Quisenberry to kick it off. Titus Howard, rookie center Juice Scruggs, uh, Keen Green, who's going to miss the entire year, Laramie Tunsil, um, Josh Jones, who just went down, who was stepping in for Laramie Tunsil. And I know I'm missing someone else. But right now for Houston, uh, the bodies continue to drop. Um, and going against a franchise like the Pittsburgh Steelers, who, by the way, October 1st, you got J.J. Watt getting inducted into the ring of honor in front of his brother T.J. Watt, who's been pretty cool on, on fire right now. Like It is cool, but talking about the game, T.J. has been one of one, I believe. Right, You got T.J., you got Micah, you got Miles Garrett, but T.J. has been ripping, ripping it up. And so it's going to be difficult for, for that offense, right? This is also a team that relies heavily on the pass right now because of the inability to effectively run the ball. And so a rookie quarterback with another banged-up offensive lineman coming into this game. Last week they finally had a consecutive week of offensive linemen starting. Now you're looking at 
the possibility of Sunday that changing with the injury to Josh Jones at left tackle. Houston is now starting sophomore Austin Declan, who I believe was called up from the practice squad, and he hasn't shown much of anything, no disrespect, in the NFL. So it's going to be a tough day for C.J. Stroud in that offense um, to, 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 to protect him, to get the ball out, and to win it, win this game. That is going to be a major story point. You know, the the Cleveland Browns went through that just a couple of weeks ago. They lost Jack Conklin, uh, and he was replaced by a rookie, Dewan Jones, and T.J. Watt gave him problems. Now, it should oh be known gosh. for the Texans that T.J. Watt is not lining up on the right side, which means he will not face uh, whoever backs up Laramie Tomasil and Josh Jones if both of them miss that game. So a third-string guy will be out there, but he will have to go up against Alex Highsmith, who had 14 and a half sacks for the Steelers last year. And he's not as dangerous as TJ Watt, but I promise you, Texans fans, that guy's going to bring it because yeah. Alex Highsmith has sharpened his tools. When I tell people, I tell people this all the time, like, you know, TJ Watt's clearly the alpha of the Steelers defense. He leads them. He is the, he's the guy that everyone counts on. But like when he, if, if you pay too much attention to him and you leave Alex Highsmith and one-on-one too many times, He's going to get home. He's going to be a problem. Uh, the Browns found that out. He had a pick six against the Browns, and he had a, a sack that was a forced fumble that T.J. Watt then returned for a touchdown. So he kind of accounted for two defensive touchdowns, and the Steelers went over Cleveland a couple weeks ago. That's the kind of danger. And then on top of that, you have other guys like Marcus Golden who comes off the bench. Nick Herbig, a rookie out of Wisconsin, was really impressed. And then even up the middle, Cam Hayward didn't be out. But the Steelers are very confident in guys like Larry Ogunjobi, uh, DeMarvin Leal, Keanu Benton, guys that have been getting pressure. Keanu Benton had a really impressive sack last week. It's, monster. I love him coming This out. is a tough defensive front. And, like, this is where you know, C.J. Stroud had a, is, has looked very good, and I've been very impressed by what he's been able to put together. But with young quarterbacks, you got to give them protection. And that's my biggest question is how do you counterbalance that if you're the Texans in this game? I think for, for Houston, number one, we're going to have to see a better job. And they did a very good job against the Jacksonville Jaguars, but there's no T.J. There's no – Highsmith. It ain't, it, it, them guys ain't over in Jacksonville, so it wasn't a worry. But the tight ends are going to have to come in, and they're going to have to play much better in terms of chip blocking, combo blocking, and helping out. Whenever you get an opportunity to, uh, leaving your running backs in, if, if it's one of those situations where it's third and long, and you ideally you know, don't have a quick pass to you know, continue to move the chains, the running backs and pass protection got to be a whole hell of a lot better too, man. I mean, again, you, you got two dogs coming off the edge that can completely disrupt <clears throat> disrupt this, this offense. So I'm looking at extra bodies for Houston to come in and help chip block here or help, you know, set the edge here to give that offense some time to kind of uh, – to let CJ go through his reads, right, and give this offense some time to go through their formations and, and, and progressions. And so it's going – I'm kind of getting sad thinking about it right now, man, because it's, <laughs> it's, it's tough. It's I feel easy. you. I feel it's you. tough, man. Like, you got the two bookends, and from what I'm seeing from Benton, again, a guy who I loved coming out. I, mean, I loved you, him in the draft. You're going up against a rookie center already who has been struggling in Jerry Patterson. So what do you what, – what can you do? It's going to, have, it's going to be all hands on deck, guys, but – uh, it's going to be difficult for Houston. They're going to have to find different ways to get their ball out quickly early on in those downs because I don't believe they're going to be able to successfully run the ball. Bobby Slork, you had a very good game plan last week. Let's see you replicate it.
That's the thing. If you're going to offset the Steelers' pass rush, the biggest way is to get ahead in the down distance. Make it second and third and short so that you, you're you not as predictable as it, uh, in the passing game. But uh, if, if the Texans cannot run the ball or get a quick passing game going that gives them those third and short, if they're, if they're in third and eight, third and nine, and like you know that, that the Steelers know they're about to pass for, for most of the game, that's going to set up a lot of third downs and money downs where C.J. Stroud is going to need to hold on to the ball if he wants to keep, move the chains, and that's going to give guys like T.J. Watt, like Alex Highsmith, more time to get to him in the backfield, which is how that's the game the Steelers want to play. That is the that is their that is their their mo. That's what they do. You know, on the Steelers' offensive side, Jalen Warren, Najee Harris, they've gotten to be they've become really good pass protectors for Kenny Pickett, guys that can step up in the right spot. Are there guys like that in on the Texans roster? Are Damian Pierce, Devin Singletary, Dalton Schultz? Are those guys good extra pass protectors, or are they so so? So so. Uh, I don't mm. think. None of them have shown the consistency uh, to 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 to. <coughs> excuse me, you're fine. Uh, none of them have shown the consistency yet, but I think this will be a perfect opportunity for them to kind of step out of that and 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 le- and to very least make contacts, especially for the running backs or guys that may be coming up to edge or uh, coming up that middle to give CJ enough time to get the ball out. Uh, I wouldn't say it's one of their better qualities. And for right now, Dalton Schultz, he hasn't been playing to the standard that we've seen him play to uh, the past two seasons for the Dallas Cowboys. And so this is a game for him to step up as a guy that Houston signed. You are a big free agent signing for Houston, one of the leaders for this team. This is a perfect opportunity for him to step up. But to this point through three games, I don't think it's fair to judge a, a any other guys right now simply because of the amount of injuries that has knocked this team out. Absolutely. I want to get to these quarterbacks here. We've talked about how to protect these quarterbacks. Let's talk about the actual quarterbacks. We'll do that on the other side of the break here on Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On Steelers, Locked On Texans, Chris Carter and John Hickman coming at you here. So stick with us right right here on the show. But before we do any of that, got to remind you guys that this show is brought to you by Harry's. Trust me, I got a lot of beard. I shaved for this show. And if y'all didn't, if I didn't shave, y'all would see a face that's looked unkept bad. And I'm talking like a caveman. It would be terrible. But when I shave, I feel confident. And no matter why you shave, Harry's has you covered at a price that you're going to love. From high quality razors to skin products that exfoliate your face, Harry's gives you a premium shave at a great price. You'll receive a high quality razor with all the products you'll need to make your facial hair a highlight you'll love to show off wherever, whenever you're out. The starter set is a $13 value that you can get for just three. $3 at harrys.com slash NFL. It's a five blade German engineered razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover. Refills cost as low as $2. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction rate in the shaving industry. And it's a no risk trial. Don't like your shave? It's on them. Get a $13 starter set for just $3 at harrys.com slash NFL. That's harrys.com slash NFL for a $3 starter set. We're back here on Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Chris Carter from Locked On Steelers. John Hickman from Locked On Texans. John, let's get into these quarterback situations. I want to start with you because C.J. Stroud has kind of been the hype. He's thrown four touchdowns, no interceptions, looked really good against the Jaguars last week. What have you seen when you study the film? What is this guy doing right? He is just so damn accurate. 
<laughs> and I mean, Houston had the opportunity for a, a couple of seasons to see Deshaun Watson play football for them. Mm-hmm. And though Deshaun Watson hasn't looked like the Houston version of himself, at one point he was a very good quarterback in the NFL. I mean this with every fiber in my bone. Uh-oh. Don't he's don't do it. You're about to do it, John. CJ Stroud is the most accurate quarterback in franchise history. Oh, he played three games. What are we doing? And in three games, <laughs> I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm watching the tape. <laughs> So there was a pass that Nico Collins should have reeled in where C.J. Stroud threaded the needle okay. just to get it past the defender. And I also think he side-armed it on that play as well. And it goes right in between two defenders, and, and Nico should have just you know maybe caught it in field, but I think he may have taken his eyes out the ball to get some yak yards. But C.J. is a guy that's super accurate. And throughout training camp, man, you know, we had a theme with CJ. He doesn't make the same mistakes twice Man. in a sense of eventually, you know, you're going to do something that you did wrong before, but with rookie quarterbacks, you tend to see them make, or Zach Wilson, but you tend to see them make a lot of the same. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, of, no, 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 A lot of well, the same. Why Zach Wilson got to catch a stray on, on his show? Not that I care about Zach Wilson. That was I, just, I, you slipped I just that in there. To. I had to. But you know, you tend to see them rookie quarterbacks or, or young guys make some of those same rookie mistakes. With CJ, let's say I go out and practice, and I'm seeing CJ, and he may have missed a guy on a on a read because he wanted to get the ball over here. CJ processes things very well. He's in that playbook very well. He's in the film room very well. He's talking with the coaches on the sideline after plays to understand what did I do right, what did I do wrong and how can I not make that same mistake so I'm looking at a quarterback that I think takes the game differently in terms of how he prepares for it how he gets ready for it how he approaches it and as a quarterback and I, I so last week against the blitz man he was I think 10 or 13 for 148 yards and two TDs mm. and with a clean pocket this year the guy's been – I mean, his numbers are crazy with a clean pocket. And that's good to hear because you don't have a clean pocket too often in Houston. So whenever you do get that opportunity, you're seeing the production there. This guy's different, man. I think he is a true franchise quarterback. I love the way this young man approaches the game. And, again, the theme throughout training camp, you're seeing it through the first three games, he doesn't make the same mistake twice. He's He, he understands how he can get better, and he does it quickly. And another thing, you don't necessarily see a lot of these younger quarterbacks like Justin Field process um, and go through the progressions as good as CJ. I've, I see CJ constantly left outside, seeing, uh, okay, my third read is open right here. Mm-hmm. You love to see that from a rookie quarterback. Absolutely. Ten years down the line, I mean, he's already doing those type of things as a vet in year one. That That is really impressive to hear. Because you know, having a having a smart to me, like a lot of people look for arm strength, they look for athleticism. I think the biggest thing that a quarterback at a rookie as a rookie can come into the NFL with is your is your smarts, your ability to understand your offense and how to counterbalance that offense against different types of defenses. And if CJ Stroud is showing that, that is really present and important. And um, looking at the numbers, like you said, 
when he's when he's not blitzed, he completes 58. He's completed uh, 65% of his passes, has 649 yards through the air, averages 7.3 yards per attempt, two touchdowns, no interceptions. When he is blitzed, it, he still completes 62% of his passes for 257 yards and two, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, and all of those have come on either situations, uh, according to Pro Football Focus, when he's kept clean, he has four touchdowns, no interceptions, and he averages uh, 8.9 yards per attempt. But, and this is, goes back to the opening topic that we had here about the pressure the Steelers might be able to bring with this hurt offensive line and the Steelers knack for getting, getting to the quarterback. So far, his numbers under pressure have not been great. This is the only time, is the only flaw in, that you can find in his game, in my opinion, right now. He is, when he is under pressure, and that's been 37, he for 53 dropbacks that he's had this year. He's, he's completed 21 of 38 attempts in those situations. That's his lowest completion percentage of any marker here at 55% for only 165 yards. Hasn't thrown an interception, but hasn't thrown a touchdown either. And his yards per attempt drops all the way down to 4.3 yards yards per attempt. And he's been sacked 11 times in the in those scenarios. That yeah. is, <clears throat> that's the worry part here. Now, Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett's growing at a different kind of rate right now. Like, you know, he's, he's thrown a lot of inter- interceptions. He's dealt with a lot of problems with the Steelers. But the one thing I covered him in college, he, he's a guy that he he learns in a similar way of C.J. Stroud. Like, he learns from this. He takes something back into the lab. He has a whole office the Steelers have given. What's your question, John? So, for, for Kenny, how much is it is Kenny? Yeah. And how much is it <clears> – <throat> Because we, we, I know y'all, it's, it, you've seen the signs. You, you've seen the, the tweets. <laughs> the, the offensive coordinator. Matt How Canada. much is it is Matt Canada? So, you know, that's what I wanted to get into it with you today. Sure. So, so, so we talk about that a lot on the show. Um, and I, I, anyone that watches and listens to my show knows that I am not a blame everything on Matt Canada guy. I think there's things that he does that I disagree with. I'm like, man, I wouldn't agree with that call then and there. But to me, the biggest problem the Steelers have had so far is that they don't have a bread and butter. And they don't have a bread and butter yet on offense like as far as like a play that you can dial up that you know, hey, that's going to get us five to eight yards. But they don't have that yet because I, I think they're lacking chemistry right now. And the thing is, is that. Matt Canada's drawn up some pretty good plays. Like against even again in, in the butt whooping they took from the Niners. I broke down five third down plays in the first half where Kenny Pickett had an open receiver each time and either didn't see him or just missed him entirely on his throw. And that to me, I was like, what where, what happened? Because in training camp, he was on fire. In preseason, he was on fire. Yeah. He was seeing everything, accurate with his throws. It was like all of that went away. And then against the Browns. Started to come back just a little bit. And then the Raiders, a little bit more. And I think what's happening is, and I saw this with him in college, sometimes he needs battle action at a certain level to keep building up to understand like how to combat different levels of intensity. And I think that he got used to training camp. He got used to the preseason. He understands those levels, but it's different when a when a first team NFL defense is live coming at you. And he got better at it last year, but you know this is now they've got some new components on offense. They've they're trying to revamp this offensive line. I think honestly, if I was to blame, if I was to divide up the problems that the Steelers are having on offense right now, I'd say sixty percent Kenny Pickett just needs to get a little bit sharper. Forty percent Matt Kenna's not not hasn't been a great offensive coordinator just yet. Forty percent the offensive line also has to be better. That's why I know we're talking about the quarterbacks, but are, so are, you know what is are we, are we, will we talk about Najee? We'll we're, we'll talk about that in the next segment. Okay, too, we're because, talking about Najee. Okay, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll talk about Najee Harris because also he has a guy in Jalen <laughs> Warren right behind him that has been pushing him for snaps. But uh, again, my point here with Kenny Pickett is I think one thing that he is starting to get used to is he is starting to get used to how to combat 
you know, different levels of things that are brought at him. Like, you know, in the first week, he was not dealing with what the Niners were doing and bringing pressure really well, but he started to understand it. He's counterbalanced it and he's faced premier edge rushers every week. He had Nick Bosa week one. He had Miles Garrett week two. He had Max Crosby week three. And the Steelers, John Hop. John, John, <laughs> I'm waiting for I'm waiting for I'm waiting for the rookie. I'm waiting. Uh, uh, listen, you mean Tyree Wilson for the Raiders? I'm playing. Uh, no, but Mike Tomlin actually had a lot of praise for Will Anderson. And one thing that he said, he was like, listen, at the Senior Bowl, I loved Will Anderson. I sat down with that dude. We talked. We had dinner. And he's like, a lot of guys, when they know they're going to be drafted top five, they don't even sit down with us. And I don't blame them. They, you know, they know that they're not going to get drafted by them. But that dude sat down with us, talked so much football with us. We loved our conversation with him. And that's that, let me tell you, though, that's how sneaky Mike Tomlin is because that's how he got Minka Fitzpatrick was he knew that he was never going to draft Minka Fitzpatrick. He was going to go way before he drafted, but he made sure to build a relationship with him. And then all of a sudden, when the Miami Dolphins were like, oh, we don't know, Minka Fitzpatrick was like, I want that team over there. And so they were able to make that work. And now Minka Fitzpatrick is a multi-all-first-team all-pro safety for them. So not that the Steelers would ever steal Will Anderson away from the Texans, but that's just part of his coaching thing that he just – he builds connections with great players, and he built, and that's part of why he's respected so much across the league. But back to Pickett, they faced those top tier edge rushers these past few weeks. So I think he's starting to acclimate to it. When he's been pressured this year, he's been pressured on fifty three dropbacks. He's that's led to forty three passes. Twenty four of them com- have been completed for three hundred sixty three yards. That's a, it's crazy here. He is averaging more yards per attempt when he's pressured compared to when he's kept clean. He averages 8.4 yards per attempt when he's when he's when he's being when he's being pressured in the pocket versus when he's kept clean it's 5.3 yards per attempt and when he's been kept clean he's thrown two touchdowns but three interceptions. When he's been pressured he's thrown two touchdowns and no interceptions. And I think part of it is Kenny Pickett is starting to get back the feel of when to take the shot, when mm. to understand to mm. to go right at the blitz and things like that. Mm. I think that's where he is developing. And, and no quarterback's path is linear. Like C.J. Stroud's path is different than see, they, they Kenny Pickett's path. Both of them can become great quarterbacks in different ways. But I think what this game is going to really come down to is which young quarterback can get stick to their system, to their, to their method of growth against this defense that's going to be trying to get after them. Hmm. Yeah, I, you know, <clears throat> to get back to Kenny – I, I think Kenny is uh for one I'm gonna tell you why I like Kenny. Do I think Kenny's mm-hmm. like the best of quarterbacks as of right now? No, but Kenny no. I think embodies the Pittsburgh Steelers. I agree with that. I, I feel like he's a culture kind of guy. Mm-hmm. I, I do believe that for a lot of the younger quarterbacks coming into the league now, like I said this the other day. I think Matthew Stafford is like the last of the Mohegans from his era. Like <laughs> it, it didn't necessarily matter. Like we're we're seeing now offensive coordinators having to do a lot for their quarterbacks to, mm-hmm. to make the game easier for them. Right. And I think Matthew Stafford was one of those guys that, you know, he can just kind of go out there with anybody, as we're seeing, and put up some good numbers. I think Kenny would benefit from an OC kind of making things a little bit easier for him offensively from what I'm seeing. I catch Kenny every now and then, so I could be wrong. But I do like Kenny, and I do think that over the course of time, the connections that Kenny will make with his receivers is going to – is really is going to push this offense forward. Um, if Pickens get involved as a wide receiver, then, you know, against the Houston Texans, it's going to be a long day. Whenever him and Kenny get on the same page – 
you see the difference in pickings, but you also see the difference in picket because now he looks yeah. okay. I got my guy involved. Mm-hmm. I feel like everything else is going to kind of fall into place. I could be wrong, but when I see those two get on the same page, it seems like Kenny is just like, oh, okay, he's taken care of. Now I can kind of just do some other things. And so uh, I'm one of those guys that give quarterbacks every NFL player three years in the NFL. I'm excited to see what Kenny does this Sunday and throughout the rest of the season because I do think that this division is winnable for y'all. I, I Listen, I think I've said this from the jump. The AFC North, it's going to be competitive, but it's not going to be unwinnable for the Steelers roster the way it's built compared to their opponents there. Uh, I think there's a lot more to break down. We'll talk more about that and the key matchups in this game and what these teams have to do for each of them to be in the best situation to win. We'll get that on the other side of this break here on the crossover Thursday in the Locked On Podcast Network. Chris Carter with Locked On Steelers and John Hickman of Locked On Texans. But first... We got to talk to you guys about our great sponsors at Prize Picks. Now, as y'all know, Prize Picks is the most fun that you can even possibly have if you're trying to win up to 25 times your money during football season. All you have to do with Prize Picks is select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. Prize Picks is the fun new daily fantasy game that everyone needs to start playing right now. If you're big into fantasy sports, this is a way to get your daily fix by selecting individual player projections and making simple, simple decisions on whether they'll get more or less than a set of number of points, rebounds, touchdowns, yards, and this is the thing. It covers all sports, NFL, NBA, NHL, college sports. All those different things are available to you on prize picks. For example, if you're a Steelers fan and you want to say TJ Watts projected to get 1.5 sacks, will he get more or less? You simply guess on that, you could be correct. On the flip side, if you're a Texans fan, if you want to guess that TJ Stroud, his number is 2.5 passing touchdowns in this game, you say more or less, you hit on those two, you have now won money. On Prize Picks and Prize Picks offers weekly promotions that lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday, where each Tuesday Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to twenty five percent to eat provide even more value for your Prize Picks. And again, they include all the different leagues. Download Prize Picks apps today, or go to PrizePicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. Go to PrizePicks.com slash Locked On NFL and you can use code Locked On NFL, all capital letters, all one word. You'll get a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. That's PrizePicks.com slash Locked On NFL, and again, use code Locked On NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Back here on Crossover Thursday here in the Locked On Podcast Network, Chris Carter from Locked On Steelers, John Hickman from Locked On Texans. John, we were talking about this, this matchup before we went on camera, and you brought up an interesting topic as far as the run game because the Steelers going into this season, the Steelers <clears throat> wanted to be known as a team that could run the football, that could get mm-hmm. after that could they could get after on the ground. They have not done that as of yet. They've been able to do it in spurts. Najee Harris has had about, I think, like three runs that have gone over 17 yards so far this season in three games. Uh, actually, he's now had four after this last game, but he's had his moments, but still this uh, the Steelers offensive line hasn't really gotten it going consistently in the run blocking, but they are improving. What is the, what is the Texans run defense situation right now? Because Mm. we were talking about it before and you were saying, Hey, the key is don't let that run game get going. If you want to, if you want to make the Steelers one dimensional. Yeah. I think for Houston right now, man, I'm looking at a team that's still trying to establish them themselves up front. I think the identity is there, but the defensive tackles play, uh, hasn't been the greatest, and you're also looking at a situation again. 
on one side of the ball, you're looking at a banged up offensive line. On the flip side of the ball, you're looking at looking at a um, <clears throat> banged up defensive tackle unit. And so they brought back Khalil Davis, who I think shined during preseason. I think I thought he should have made the original 53 man roster, but right now you're looking at guys that aren't necessarily playing to the strengths of the defense. They're playing to the strengths of their game. And so when Hassan Ridgeway is on the field for Houston, you're looking at a totally different defensive. Uh, I mean, you're looking at a totally different defense against the run. <clears throat> I'm sorry. And so I, I think right now for Houston, they're just not – the tackles, defensive tackle situation is difficult. So this could be a, a possibility, a possible game where you see Najee Harris and Warren, those two guys – be able to go out there and, and run, man. The Houston Texans right now are allowing 117 yards on the ground. I don't know what their ranks, but the past three seasons, you've seen Houston be terrible at stopping the run. And so far, they haven't been able to combat that. Now, I also think the linebackers play a big role in that as well. Right. But it's hard to do your job and get in and out of lanes when you have your defensive tackles up front not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Will Anderson and Grenard are holding the edge down. They're doing what they're supposed to be doing nine times out of ten. I'm looking at the interior guys, and I'm saying to them, this is a matchup for you to win. This isn't a great running team. Uh, right mm -hmm. now, they are one of the worst in the NFL. They are. So take advantage. Play your role. Play your position. Play, play your assignment. And allow your linebackers, who isn't a great linebacker group. Hopefully, Denzel Perryman comes back this week. But allow them the opportunity to, to at the very least, be able to flow in and out of traffic and lanes and make contact. But the linebackers also got to do a better job. Really quick, they got to do a better job of shedding off blocks, man. I like mm. once the offensive lineman remotely get close to that second level, I don't see too many well, too many times where the linebacker is able to create that contact, shed off, and make a play. So they got to do better in that aspect as well. So I hear you in that. Uh, you know, the Steelers dealt with that for some years, the linebacker position with Devin Bush. Miles Jack was a little bit better, but they they certainly have it. They've gotten a little bit better this year with Cole Holcomb and Landon Roberts and Quan Alexander and even Mark Robinson, who's really stepped up. Like Holcomb, but let's. Let's talk about let's talk about the Steelers' run game right now because there is a bit of a, a, a debate going on in Steel in Steelers Nation right now about who should be the starter. There's some fans that feel that, that uh, Jalen Warren, who's the number two back on the team, should be the guy because he's faster than Najee Harris. He hits holes harder than Najee Harris. But I've also been pointing out when you watch the All 22, the reason he hits holes better than harder than Najee Harris is because normally when he's running the ball. Defenses aren't looking for him. Like his mm. biggest run the other day came against uh, against against the, the Raiders. Came when there were six guys in the box. The Steelers ran it to the weak side of the formation, and all he had to do was just make sure two guys were blocked, and he just soared right through the line. Whereas Najee Harris, there's a lot of times when he's getting the ball, there's eight to nine guys ready for him and just looking for him, and that's what a lot of defenses have been doing early on. And I think not. There are times Najee Harris, <clears throat> I think he pulls up a little bit because he's like. This ain't going to work because my offensive line's getting its butt kicked right now. But that's where if the Texans are going to slow down this run game and keep it from getting its first big week of the season, 
They have to be aggressive. They have to force Pickett to, to, to be the guy that opens up the run game and say, hey, you know what, Kenny Pickett, show us that you can throw the football accurately and, and, and dice our defense up. May, prove it to us that, that you're still that guy and that you didn't just have a fluke of a week last week. Because if you allow the Steelers to have a balanced offense, if you if you give them the room to run and they build off of that and then they, they'll start calling play action, which will open up the field a little bit more. Pat Frymuth gets involved in the passing game. You don't want to get him started there. Calvin Austin, the speedster, had a 72-yard touchdown last week i'm telling you do not leave him in one-on-one coverage when they start to be play that game that's what opens things up for kenny pickett so i think this is the whole thing and you brought it up cleanly the steelers they're looking for their identity right now they wanted to come in to be a more ground dominant team they aren't that just yet but i think what they're trying to do mike thomas says this all the time got to make routine plays routinely and when you do when you do that and part of that is taking what's there in the passing game I believe the Steelers' path to establishing their identity as a team that has a truly balanced offense hit the hit the routine passes, whether it's quick slants, you know, just open out routes, things that defenses are giving you. Use that to back off the linebackers, get them to, to, to maybe not rush the line of scrimmage as soon as the ball is snapped. That allows the offensive alignment, and you're right. Steelers offensive tackles, they're the worst part of the offensive line. Debatable also the center. Mason Coley's had a rough time. But the Steelers guards, Isaac Seomalu, who came over from the Eagles and was praised by Jason Kelsey for his for his efforts, he's the ace of the offensive line. James Daniels, I'd say he's the second best player. The guards, if the Texans let them get to the second level, that is going to be a big, a big thing for the Steelers in this game. Like you said, if those linebackers aren't getting off those blocks, then Najee Harris isn't getting hit in the backfield. He's getting he's getting hit at four or five yards, and that's when Najee Harris actually becomes a threat. And we've seen that in the past couple of years when teams have let him do that. I think I think Houston is in the same position as as Pittsburgh right now in mm-hmm. terms of you know running the ball because. <clears throat> The same conversation has been had in them Texan Twitter streets where it's kind of like, is Damian Pierce a right fit for this offense and what they mm-hmm. want to do? Uh, should Houston continue on with Devin Singletary moving forward, getting more snaps? And when I look at <clears throat> Najee, when I look at Damian Pierce, I do look at two guys that a lot of times I'm seeing them hit before the line of scrimmage. But I do think, I think, I think, Man, I don't want to say this because I, I think, I think, cool, man, I think Najee is is a jag. Just a whoa, guy. just a I guy. He's, I think he's just. A guy. I, I was gonna, I was gonna say, I thought that's what he said there. Okay, just a guy. So when I look at Najee this, at times, I do question mm-hmm. his vision. I uh, listen. Do. There's times I, I think he makes mistakes with his vision. But I, I also and look, there's a lot of people in Pittsburgh that agree with you that he is just a guy, and then he was a, he was an overreach for the Steelers in the first round. I maintain, let this offensive line coalesce, let them let them start to block. If he's not getting hit in the backfield, like I think on average he's getting hit in the backfield one or two yards behind the line of scrimmage, and then he's still averaging four yards per carry this year. If he's able, if the offensive line is able to come together and he's starting to be, if he's getting hit two, three, four yards in front of, you know, beyond the line of scrimmage, that's when you see him take over games. That's what he did. This really is a well perfect opportunity for him. I mean, uh, this is a big I, I, game. I, I want to see it. It's a perfect opportunity for him to do that because, again, I think I'm, I'm still, I got question marks for the defensive tackles for Houston and the linebacker stopping the run. So you guys had a tough three games to start the year, man. And um, this is an opportunity for the offensive line unit for you guys, I think, to just kind of get on a you know better page and 
have one of those breakout games where you say, okay, if you guys can build off this, now we can do something. Because you talk about offensive identity, again, for both teams, they wanted to run the ball in Pittsburgh throughout the entire offseason. D'Amico coming over from San Fran, Bobby Sloyd coming over from San Fran with them. They wanted to run the ball. It's just not happening for both teams. And so I think that is taking away from both teams' ability to kind of be more dominant offensively because now teams know you can't run the ball. So, you know, maybe we need to just be more effective against the pass and get after the quarterback. I don't know. But uh, this is a perfect opportunity for you guys to open it up on the run. And I think for Houston, I don't know if we're going to see the run be effective with Damian Pierce. And I question whether or not we're going to see the run be effective with Damian Pierce until this offensive line gets healthy again. Uh, the big thing for the Texans, I think offensively, Nico Collins is the combat catcher. Uh, Tank Dell is that speedy wide receiver. You got Robert Woods being that vet. If, if you're able to, if you're able to get those guys going, if you're able to attack the Steelers, the Steelers, they're starting their older corners. Patrick Peterson is still a good corner, but he's not the Patrick Peterson of old. He doesn't have the speed to keep up with the fastest guys. Uh, he sometimes moved into the slot, so that could make, match him up with Tank Dell a few times. Um, you know, you had uh, Levi Wallace was had a very rough first two games. Did have two picks last week, and also had a, a breakup on fourth down. Um, that that kind of helped him bounce back, uh, you know, in a week against Devontae Adams. Uh, but this is going to be an interesting an interesting week here for for both teams. I think if the Texans if they're if they get going to their wide receivers, th- that might be the ticket that they need in this game uh, because those wide receivers do look deadly. Uh, but for the Steelers, if you if you get after C.J. Stroud, if you get the pressure on him and don't let him throw to those wide receivers. That might be their ticket, but what will actually happen? We'll go over these on both of our Friday episodes on our respective podcast, Locked on Steelers and Locked on Tech Texans. You have a full Friday episode. We'll, we'll finalize, let you know, guys, what who's still hurt, who's coming up, and what big matchups we're going along with our final predictions. John, let people know you can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, X, whatever it's going to be until I got to pay for it at John underscore Hickman 12. <laughs> I know a lot of y'all are looking like, why do you have a robe on? Because I'm sleeping on the Steelers. I think Houston's going to win this game Ooh, Sunday. Okay, That's right. Okay. That's hey, right. Listen, okay. I'm taking it there, Steelers Nation. <laughs> hey, listen, I would not be shocked if the Texans won. C.J. Stroud has impressed me. Um, I do think the Steelers are building some momentum. This could be a collision course of, of sorts on Sunday. You guys will get my prediction on Friday on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, post-gazette.com, where I cover all things Pitt, Pitt University of Pittsburgh sports as well as the Steelers there with the North Shore Drive podcast. And, of course, find both of us on our respective podcasts, Locked On Steelers, Locked On Texans, on the Locked On Podcast Network, wherever you find podcasts on apps, as well as on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed. Subscribe to this channel, whichever you're watching it on, Steelers or Texans, to get all of your daily action here. Again, we both have Friday episodes, so check those out. But from Chris Carter, and John Hickman. Hope you enjoyed this crossover Thursday episode.